0: Welcome in, welcome in. It's your guy, Nick, back with episode five of our podcast. This is a family thing at this point, so as long as you are listening, I'm going to keep talking. This podcast journey has been amazing so far, and I know it's only been a couple episodes, but there's something nice about truly finding another hobby to kind of lose yourself in. Being an athlete and a competitive person kind of made it to where without the ability to compete in something, I feel like something's missing. I still, of course, go, you know, bowling. I still try to do different things. Like I play pickleball and stuff like that. But there's just something about obtaining a new skill or obtaining a new hobby that's just, it's refreshing. So with this, in my mind, it's a competition to see how much more crisp these episodes can become over time. And I'm only competing with myself, so that's ultimately the best part. Uh, This pod definitely is going to be called The Tangent because I wanted to revisit a couple of topics from last pod and expound if I could because I had some more come to mind. So as always, sit back, indulge in what you indulge in, and let's have another great one. On the last podcast, I had a fleeting thought about why people feel it's necessary to back themselves into more of a hole whenever they are wrong. I think at some point we always have, have a propensity just to, to deflect blame because that's the easiest thing to do in that moment. The harder part is to take responsibility for that action and apologize and move forward. You know, I swear if people would just accept the responsibility for their actions, show a little contrition and fix whatever the problem is, then a lot of problems we face would be eradicated. I used to struggle with that. I would take half responsibility or would say, "Why well, I've done so- something, you know, or um, make an excuse for something. And it just that's what it'll come up as an excuse. And to me, excuses are just disrespectful. And I learned that from my parents. You know, if there's a a play I missed or if there's a a pass that i missed or a turnover I made or whatever in basketball, I learned really fast not to make an excuse for it to my dad, just say, I'm sorry, sir, and keep it moving. You know, and do better and show with your actions that you're sorry. It's one thing to say that you're sorry. It's one thing to say that you're sorry, but it's more in the action that comes behind it, right? And I like to parlay these things we talk about into things that from my life and stories I can tell. And, you know, I think with relationships. That's a big part of something that I had to deal with very, very much, you know, in my life, when it came to sports, when it came to my you know, school, whatever it may be, I may may have been pretty pristine in those things, you know, very good at them. But there is things in, you know, my personal life, interpersonal relationships that I had to learn that I think everyone has to learn. You know, when you say sorry about something, it's okay to be sorry about something. But it's not okay to be sorry about something and then not change the actions in which you're apologizing for. You know, that's huge. I had a problem with that. I would say I'm sorry about, you know, um, making a side comment or saying something disrespectful that I didn't think so or or not looking at someone's perspective or whatever it was. And I would say sorry, but then I would do the same exact thing again, not, you know, back to back or whatever, but I would slip up. And if I said sorry four months ago, I'm explaining myself again, you know, that day and that can't continue to happen. You know, and when someone gets fed up with those things happening, no matter how many times it happened, you have to understand that. And when their perspective becomes something that's, you know, I don't want to be with that person or, you know, um, I think I can do better by myself or whatever it may be. When their perspective turns to that, it's because of your actions that you completely, you know, kept saying you're sorry for never change. Who can you be mad at? And it all ties back in together. And I think when I look at my life, it's like all the stories tie back into self awareness, being present, and being mindful, right? It's like the being present part is understanding that in conversation that you're having, it's not a competition. A conversation isn't about winning. A conversation is a dance. It's about understanding each other. It's about being able to move fluidly throughout that conversation and to contain the respect that you need to be able to talk with that person and have the relationship that you need to have. That's, that's the part that I think gets missed. But in, in relationships, like I said, it's one of those things where the respect factor, the being present, the understanding that, okay, I may not know what this person is talking about. I may not know exactly what angle they're coming from, but I know I love this person. and I'm going to try to figure out what angle they're coming from instead of coming at it like this person is attacking me. So now I have to defend myself. That's how so many different conflict conflicts go. It's just I feel as if someone is disrespecting me or they are undermining what I'm trying to say or whatever it may be. And now I've got to attack them back. And what does fire do to fire? It just adds more fire. you know what I mean? Like there's nothing else you get from adding fire to fire. Never seen it before. You just get more fire. So it's like in order to douse those flames, you can't throw more flames on it. And that's exactly when you do, when you go into a conflict and contentious reality. Like if you go to conscious with a, re- a contentious mindset, that's what happens. We have to guard against that because nothing conducive happens with that. You know, I had a situation happen where two people couldn't understand that, you know, there was more to what they were doing in that moment. There was severity that was coming with how much they were disrespecting each other and they didn't understand it. They weren't able to put the situation into an overview and see, should I be making these remarks right now with the people around? Should I be saying these different things in this area? No one was thinking that today. And it's like, you have to be mindful. You have to be present and self-aware because you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. You never know what can be affected by who's listening. So protect yourself at all times. But at the same time, this all comes back to if you're wrong in a situation, accept responsibility, apologize, and then change your course of your actions so that you can show your actual contrition. That's how you build trust back. And like I said, take on relationships, you know, that's how you build trust back. Is that person now six months later that you did something, you said you were not going to do it again and you do it six months later. It's like, I don't care if we had the most peachy time the entire time. You said you never do that again and you did it again. And I don't forget. So when that happens and someone says it's over, where and be, you can't get mad at anyone but yourself. Because you were shown the blueprint of what not to do. And, you know, I get lucky in a situation when I, when I talk about blueprints and what not to do. I think in my brother and sister, it's like in so many situations, they got to show me what not to do, being the elder siblings of myself. And it's like I got to see it in real time all the time and got to move accordingly. I didn't get in as much trouble as my brother and sister because I saw them get in trouble. If I saw someone do something to get into, you know, a negative situation, a negative consequence, why would I follow that? That's not smart. And so my entire you know, childhood, I got to watch, you know, when to make a mistake, my, my brother and sister weren't infallible, so they made mistakes. And I got to say, I'm not going to make that mistake. I made mistakes, surely. But I tried to make the same ones that my brother and sister made because I got to see them. But again, it's just being able to be present, be mindful, understand what's going on accepting responsibility for your actions and then making a change for the better and protecting your energy. We talked about that in the last one a little bit. I got to that point and I didn't get to expound on it and I wanted to. Protect your energy is so important. The way that you you know move around, the way that you, know, you handle situations are going to be what guards your energy every day. The decisions you make, the things you say, that's how you protect your energy. In a situation where something could get contentious and you're able to not do that and contain your respect and contain your energy and not get out of your character. That's when you win. Because being able to control yourself, having self-control and not going digging on somebody or whatever it is, and allowing a situation play out how it plays out. All you can do is control your mindset and your reaction to whatever is said to whatever is done. You can't do anything else. You let God handle that. You have no bearing on what anyone else thinks, what they say, what they do. And you shouldn't want to. That's a hell of a task, an arduous task. You shouldn't want to. So control what you can control, do not let anybody get out your character. I have a friend named Garrett Johnson, played wide receiver for University of Kentucky. His name is Juice, so we call him right. One of the best receivers I've ever seen. But he called. I called him one time. I had a problem, and I explained my entire problem to him. You know, and Juice is a level-headed man. You know, um, just his 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 brother gave birth to uh, a beautiful girl. You know, and. Being able to see the maturation in him has been an amazing thing. But Juice gave me the best thing that I've taken from, you know, one of my friends in a long time was just, I told him the situation. I told him my reactions, what I wanted to do. And one of them was something that was not Nick Haynes. It was not what I would do. It was not what Juice would do. It was not what any of my friends would do. Right? And he said, Nick, I understand you being upset. I'd be upset as well. He said, I can't tell you what to do, but what I can say is we don't let anyone get us out of our character. We don't let anyone get us to be someone other than who we are. And that stuck with me. And I've said that for a long time. I'm going to continue to say that, and I believe in that, is that no one's going to get us out of our character and turn us into something that we are not. When they read the story, we're going to stay true to who we are. This is what you're supposed to do. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to stay true to it. So in a situation that's contentious, a situation that, you know, tempers are flaring, we're going to be the calm ones. Now, again, again, that does not say that we don't meet force with force or whatever it may be. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is there's no conflict. There's no problem between two people in an environment, whatever it may be, social environment, work environment, a relationship, whatever it is. is—that cannot get through to each other with a actual conversation and if you can't have a conversation with somebody where they understand their reactions get mad and yell and whatever it is then you know who someone is when someone shows you their true character you believe them When someone shows you their true character you believe them if someone tells me that they don't you know they're not a hothead but every time we play basketball they're getting hot or every time we're in a football game Uh, They're going to flag a personal reference or something like that or something just, you know, just something crazy or like they're doing crazy after the play or whatever it is or uh, we're playing a video game and they get mad, throw the controller all the time. whatever. You tell me you're not a hothead, but you do all that stuff. What does that make me think? You're either delusional or a liar. You could be both. You could be both. But I'm just saying you can't show something and then say something else and think someone's going to believe in that. That's not it. So when, when someone shows you their character, you, you just believe them, write it down, note it down. And then don't, you can't even, it's like, it's like, um, if you're at work and you tell somebody or you do something, whatever it may be, and they tell everybody else. Right. And they make you look bad or whatever it is. It's like, Okay, so duly noted. Now if I go do somewhere where it may be, and I think, you know, I'm not telling that person. Because A, they can't not shut their mouth. And B, made me look bad. Even if it was in you know, perfect situation where I was, you know, in the right. She still made me look bad, or He made me look where I look bad. So it's like, you've got to, when someone shows you who they are, note it in your head and move accordingly. That's what's important. That's the awareness that, like, as we keep going in this, I'm going to continue to talk about is there's an awareness in which you need to have in order to maneuver in these situations the right way. And it's like, there's a way that you can continue to hold the respect for yourself and other people in the way you talk to them and in the way that you show conviction in your actions. Being convicted, you know, as someone who has been blessed with the opportunity to lead teams, been blessed with the opportunity to lead, you know, just... School groups, stuff like that, like just being blessed to lead in different avenues at work, you know. In social groups, you know, just just, you know, being able to be in leading situations, being convicted is the most important thing that I've seen. The best leaders are convicted, the best leaders, when they say they're going to do something, they do it. And that's number one. You know, and I think when it comes down to it, when you lead yourself, because that's ultimately what we're all trying to do is lead ourselves. Being convicted should be the number one thing you're thinking about, because being convicted leads in you have an integrity. You can't be convicted and somehow not have the integrity. That means you're not. When no one's looking, what are you going to do? You're going to do what you said you're going to do So being convicted is. So I always go back to that point. A hundred percent. Conviction is one of the most important things. Conviction is what's going to lead to that discipline that you need as we lead ourselves. I look for it all the time. I try to stay convicted. I hope that the people that I've led before, when they look at my career, my legacy, at whatever occupation I had, I hope they say Nick was kind, caring, and convicting. I, that's what I hope they say. You know, you know, there's some things that you want to be fair, but firm. There's things, there's things that you want to be known for, you know, or at least I want to be known for. And those are those things. Like, I want people to say that I had a good relationship with Nick, but Nick also held me accountable to doing what I need to do. Nick also was there to support me when he said he was going to support me. Those are the things that are really important. People remember what you did for them. People remember which, how you cared for them. They don't remember the titles, the accolades, all of that. They remember how you treated them. So that's always something I try to live with. I try to be convicted. I try to keep that in mind whenever I'm living life, whenever I get up and leave and go to my job and do different things throughout the day. I just try to, if I say I'm going to do something for somebody, I try my hardest to get it done for them. And I think that's been really, really good for me. And as I continue to go forward in different avenues, different projects, everything I try to do, I'm going to continue to do that. But yeah, accepting responsibility it's tough. It's tough. You know, it's hard to fall into that. It's hard to fall into when something goes wrong, being able to say that was my fault. I'm sorry. And it won't happen again. Because it's really easy to say, but, 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 or point the finger at someone else. Even this prolongs the inevitable, which the inevitable being they're going to figure out that it was you that did whatever the wrong thing was. And then you look way worse because the whole task was just. Drawn out because you couldn't say, Yeah, that was my fault. So now you're looking for who did it, looking for the breakdown the system or whatever it may be. And it's like, Oh, it was clearly this person. Why did they just say that? We asked them. So now you look worse in the eyes of multiple people. Instead of just coming up and saying, You know, the buck stops here. It was my fault. I did it. I'm sorry. You know, I've had situations where I've had to do that. You know, I had a situation at work where I had to do that. And it was a crazy situation because I wasn't even the person that was technically in charge, but I was given. The criticism like I was in charge, and I understood why, because the person said, "You're in this position to make these decisions." And I didn't make an excuse to say, "But it was this person or "but it wasn't my," or "but, I'm not even in that position where I said, "Yes, sir, you're right. I'm sorry. It won't happen again." And from that day forward, whenever I stepped into that chick-fil-A, I made decisions like I was the boss. Cause that's what I was told that I needed to go do. So it's, it's things that, you know, we accept our responsibility and you just say that people give you more of that leash. I think that if I would have made all those excuses, the thing, the, the solution wouldn't have been, Hey Nick, whenever you're here, I need you to think like an owner, act like an owner. It would have been that kid's not ready. He's like, no, I proved them right because my track record after that became very impeccable. So in in this, what we do in this life as we're living it, we just. We have to be able to lead ourselves. That's what I try to do. I'm trying to lead myself and I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. I don't even try to. I don't want you all to even think I even think that I am not. I think the best thing about this is the fact that I'm coming to you and telling you that I'm not and telling you what I'm trying to do, I'm actively doing. I'm actively trying to be better. I'm actively trying to be a positive person. I'm actively trying to be happy. And it's like, I have to work on those things because it's a tendency of people sometimes to lean into the negativity, to lean into the woe is me mentality. And we can't fall into that. But... That's all I got for this one, you guys. I'm sorry that was a, like I said, I had some stuff in the last podcast that, man, I just wanted to really, really expound upon. And I had to really explain myself in that and just give more because I thought about it all the time. I was going to work and everything. I was just like, what is the reason behind people just digging that hole? Right? It's like, it's the convenient thing. It's easier. But it's like, we're not here to choose the easy path. The easy path goes nowhere. The easy path gets you backed up Point A. We're trying to go to point Z, which means in some of these hard situations, some of these tough conversations, we've got to continue to be honest, be convicted, you know, and be ourselves, and be able to show contrition whenever we're sorry. And then back it up with our actions. So that's what you're supposed to do. That's what, you know, my coaches, my mentors, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my friends would be with people that, you know, around me. That's what we all know. It's what I was taught for my entire life. But, like I said, so we're going to stop here. Um, I'm very, very, like I said, excited to be here with you guys. I love doing this. I love being able to talk into the mic with you guys and just explain things and be able to have moments where I can come in and have a conversation. You know, I hope it was something that you guys enjoyed. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I bet you're having a great morning, a great evening, a great afternoon, great midday, whatever it is. Be easy, y'all.